Hey everyone, this is Austin Schur here with We Write About Music, and today I'm here with Charles Titchener from Dirty Cakes. It hey. has been a few months since we've had him on, but the band has just put in a new track called In the Garden, a whisper version, and I'm super excited to talk to him about it. Charles, how's life? What have you been well, up to life, over the past few months? Life is good, man. I mean, no clouds outside this window. I'm not going to move far enough to see that window. Um, I think I think we're both in LA. Is we're both correct? in Los Angeles, so things are going pretty good. I have no, no clouds outside my window, so things are looking good over here too. It's pretty solid. I got it on a clean shirt, uh, fun hat. Got my topo. Get to play some rock and roll today. Got my feet up on a little amplifier. Check this out. I got myself a uh, footstool. It's a gorilla amplifier. Oh wow! Oh, that's this pretty is, nice. This is uh, this it's an is an expensive model. footstool. No, let's not get carried away. This is like a. Uh, <laughs> I bought that as effectively a fuzz box. I think it was like sixty bucks delivered okay. off a of reverb. Uh, that fun fact that is the model of guitar amp that the Eagles of Death Metal was record. Their first record was recorded with it, Rancid Ava Luna, and I thought that was hilarious, and I wanted to get their sound. And I was asking Dave Catching, and also uh, you know, some of those folks live very close by. Um, occasionally, you can see a man on roller skates with extraordinarily um, what I would call revealing pantaloons uh, skating around. <laughs> and um, okay, yeah, the signature tone is basically just a cheap guitar into one of these things, just cranked. I love it. It's got a. Um, I love that. It doesn't need to be a super expensive piece of gear. Yeah, it's got this sound. thing called tube stack. Okay. That's, that's the juice. You just do this, and, and and then you got rock and roll right there. Boom. Nice. I'm digging the nails too. Oh, thank you. It's a fresh job. Um, that's like a summer summer ready color right there. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta live life a little bit. You know what I mean? And I feel I like feel you, man. I've gotten several colors. I feel odd when they do like the silver. Or like the straight sparkle. There's something that feels like it's just metallic. Um, this feels a little pastel. Although I feel like this may have been more of a good like Easter color. Like it's it's a little yeah. it's a little making me reminisce for those like nice little like chocolate. <laughs> I, I get that. You get it CVS, you know the like. Oh uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, those things. Oh my god, I I, I legitimately stockpiled them when they were in the like after Easter thing. Just like hid them around the house. Yeah, the you got to get them the day after when they're super cheap, when they're ninety oh, yeah. percent off. Yeah, that's they're ninety percent off. They're in this big old bin, and it's just like, please take them. And I was like, okay. And uh, yes, take all my money, please. It was great. It was great. I actually, <laughs> got back from seeing a movie. Last week, a friend of mine, or actually a friend of my fiance, one of her friends, it was his birthday, and he won this thing where they uh, put 18, he got basically an entire movie theater. Oh. From the, from, and, and he didn't win the movie theater, but we got to go see Mortal <laughs> Kombat, which was a terrible movie. But we got so to go, there was 20 of us, and they basically got the big tub of popcorn, then the giant, uh, you know, uh, liter of cola, right. and then, uh, and then you got candy. And the tickets are free. And it was it was a great time because everybody was spaced out. And it was like this live version of Mystery Science Theater. And they're all like, a majority of his friends are like improv comics or like okay. nerdy folks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just 
an onslaught of terrible jokes. We're like 90% failed, but every now and again, like some just hit home. That's just, what it's all right. That's what it's all about. It was amazing. Long story short, on the way back, I grabbed a tub of ice cream and uh, busted out another one of those bags and 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 uh, of little chocolate eggs. And, and life just was good. Life was good. Uh, you know, I think that's a lot about what it, what it is. It's 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 um life is about the experiences, right? And I feel like you know to kind of turn this back around. One of the things that I like so much about this new record uh, in the garden is that it is very much an experience. It is a part of our live yes. show where a lot of the songs that we play are really fast, right? And they're really heavy. Exactly. I think the last one we were, we were on here, it was like an awesome. It was like three and a quarter minutes long. Right. Um, That's, you know, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to, I mean, I really wanted to kick this off with like a, a complete comparison of both the songs. Oh, let's do it. So, yeah. yeah. So first off, as I dug into In the Garden for the first time, I'm not going to say I was worried. I don't think worried is the right, but I was just like, did dirty cakes go soft? Did okay. they did they change up the tone? Like and then, radio? Like kind three of. quarters of the way through airheads? Yeah. And then it just came out of nowhere and it basically effectively turned into one long guitar solo. Yeah. And then I was like, yes, this is what it's all about. So first, first kind of question here is, were they both recorded around the same time? Mm-hmm. And second is, I obviously it's it's the same band playing, but like it could I don't know. There was just this such change between songs here. Like I love it. Yeah. Well, first first question. Yes, they were both recorded at the same time, um, within hours of each other, um, <laughs> okay. in, in Rancho okay. de la Luna, nice. um, out out in the desert, where this was kind of just like extracted from 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 the the sands. Um, although, uh, to be fair, In the Garden was recorded and it was nighttime okay. versus after dinner. So right. there's a little bit of that, like there's a little bit of darkness uh, just by, you know, there are windows yeah. in the studio. And, you know, it, it's because he's out, he's got this basically this like Shangri-La out in the middle of the desert. And it's not fancy. It's just nice. Yeah. There's like windows. You know what I'm saying? So like you can see like, oh, hey, look, the moon. And uh, right. That's like, that's that sounds really nice. Uh, honestly, when you're in a recording studio, usually it's like this little hovel that's inside of a closet, that's inside of another room inside of, and like you lose track of time. And maybe exactly. some of that is by design, some of that is so people can't see what you're doing, all sorts of fun stuff. But this place is just straight up like, uh, the drum room is a bedroom with windows, that's... like any bedroom would have. Uh, the closet of the bedroom is where the bass amp is. Uh, there's another bedroom on the other side of that closet. And that's where the guitar amps were. Sounds like paradise. Uh, yeah, it's nice. You know, the 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 the, the control room mm-hmm. is just the where the dining room table would be, and then the kitchen uh, is a kitchen, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 just a house. Basically. Does anyone live here? What's that? Does anyone actually live there, or is it just no, primarily for recording? Uh, you you can. Uh, there is a bed to like stay overnight, but okay. there are two other houses on the property. Oh, got it. Um, so when you go. When you go record there, you sleep in these other houses. So um, it, it's fun. And and so there's this house that you sleep in. And one of them, it's like a one bedroom. Uh, so there's like a straight up bedroom. And then there's like a couch. And then there's this like converted outdoor spot, um, which I can only imagine was maybe like a, a shack or something that was done up. So I slept in the shack because oh, yeah. I just thought it was fun. And um, but yeah, and like, so they were all done in the same place. Um, 
the equipment was a little bit different. Uh, guitars were basically the same. The pedals were effectively the same, okay. but a lot of the amps were different. So, I mean, you can see this guitar behind me back here. This is a Billy Bow. Uh, so it's a, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a modified version of a Gibson Jupiter as okay. played by Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top and mm -hmm. his bastardization of a, of a Bo Diddley guitar. However, mine is set up like a Telecaster okay. um, with a baritone Strat neck. Um, and so I have, I have a couple other, I have another guitar that's built exactly like this. It's the live guitar that I use. Got it. But that pickup right there is a Tiesco. So it's an old Japanese like magnet, made like a fridge magnet. Uh, so oh. like the things that you just, you know, put on the fridge. And then that's like a Telecaster style pickup. And what's, the point the, is, what's the purpose of like the different pickups though? Just different tones? Different yeah, sounds, so this or? one is really dark. So the difference that you heard on In the Garden is I use a yeah. setup like this, not okay. this guitar, but my live one. Mm -hmm. This one is very dark and very lo-fi because it's okay. like a fridge magnet. The quality of the magnet sure. makes an impact on the quality of the sound. This one is like a very bright uh, Telecaster style, very bright, sharp sound. So what it means is when you put them together is that you can choose to have at the same time a very dark low fi tone that also has bright edges to it. So then when I put it through That's amplifiers, really I can basically do stuff. So the tone in in the garden in the beginning is all this like really kind of bright tone where it's like da -dun 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 -dun, and it's got sort of this it doesn't have a lot of body to it, right? So there's you're it, it's um it's not the whole thing. It's the appetizer. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. It's just that, right? I mean, it is, it is, it's just the dinner rolls, right? So this is like the fun little bits of pumpernickel that you're going to get at the, you know, cheesecake <laughs> factory. And then it's this the guy, part. what are you talking about? <laughs> and then this guy is, um, when we go to rock city, this guy is, 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 is the beef, right? Yeah. So the low five, very thick, heavy sound comes a lot from, from that guy. And then there's also some pedals and some amplification tricks sure. and whatnot. But where the old song was very much in what I would consider more of a classic rock and roll tone. Yeah. Um, very like punky. Like yeah. It, it used a lot of old yeah. school technique to mm -hmm. it. Uh, Garden was very much like, you know, it's funny. I was talking with, with, uh, with, with Dave catching, um, who also happened to be the lead guitar player of uh, Eagles of Death Metal, which is how I found out about the amplifier. Um, <laughs> and he's also in Earthlings and a bunch of other cool bands. Mm. And um, I was like, man, I like, I know the tone that I wanted for the other one. And we ended up using like some Fenders and just like some very old school, just like, what can you get at a pawn shop in 1978? And then I mean, like, you gotta get that sound, a... right? Yeah, how do you get, so, like, one, of my, yeah. one, of my old, one of my old fun pop-up video quotes was like for, uh, for um, uh, for this music video was like, uh, you know, how did they get the shaking camera effect? Uh, and it was like, oh, somebody somebody shook the camera. And it was like, oh, so are you going to go my way? Like the way they got the shaking camera. It's like, oh yeah, no, somebody did this. Oh, cool, got it. I mean, it's so pretty you get, straightforward, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, pretty straightforward. So how did you get the old like punk rock guitar sound i got old cheap amplifiers and an old cheap guitar and um yeah cranked it well yeah you gotta figure you gotta figure that 
bands of that era weren't rolling in the dough like yeah. they're trying to make it work no, with whatever they've you got steal from the pawn shop and what is right. what are you going to get from your older brother as he goes off to university but there's like a whole lot of authenticity there too like well, it's yeah, not like know? this manufactured overproduced sound it's raw and yeah real. And, and one of the things that i will say about you know that the, the other song the last one is it is, is it is raw it was honest it was exactly very much of that thing and and the part of the way you get out of being dishonest is by just being genuine like you want your guitar to sound like that just use those parts right like how does it, why does the bass sound the way it did well because we used a 1968 knockoff bass that happened to be the exact same piece of equipment uh that like the ramones and the jam used and yeah. what does it sound like it sounds like late 70s punk rock bass like it wasn't hard we put that into a, a pv amplifier which is a PV amp and a Marshall. So it was right. a guitar amp and a, and, a, and a PA system. And that's basically what people had. And so that's how you make, we create the sound is you just use those tools. So right. in the garden, which was different there was, I went to Dave and I was just like, I got like, we got to do this thing, man. I don't know what to do. And he's like, he starts stroking his beard and stuff. Right? And, and he's like, I got this amp called the Dragon Slayer. And I was like, done. Oh, yeah, Done. that's all you had to say. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so Crank funny. It. Go do your thing. And like, he's just like, he, 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 he stroked in his beard and he just kind of like smiles for a second. He looks over at me, this like fun little gleam in his eye, like a four-year-old on Christmas yeah. night. And it's just like, oh shit, yeah. All right, Dragon Slayer. Sounds Obviously. Good. Yeah, and it's it's like a snake skin hot rod amplifier. Uh, and um <sighs> I can neither confirm nor deny any other albums that that record may have been used on, but sure. holy shit, that thing slayed some dragons. That's a secret and, weapon. Seriously. Yeah. And I've like looked <laughs> online for it and there's like three and they're all like, like you, you just basically like, he's got one because he's the man. You know well, what I'm Yeah. Saying? Well, do you think they're custom or like were they ever commercially? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think they were ever commercially available. Like even when I go into like a do a deep Google, like. Sure, sure. I mean, he's a guy where people go and just like leave him equipment, right? Like, like just test it out, just try it out. Yeah, yeah. Where he's just like, "Hey, look, you you've been making you know platinum albums for the last couple decades. True. I'm just gonna leave this thing with you." And he's like, "Cool, that's that works out." Or he'll be like, "No, no, that's you know." He's a very nice guy. He'll probably say thank you, right. and then find a very polite way of making sure that you take it with you. Yeah, uh, he's that's... wonderful dude. For the record, we actually left him a toy piano. Um, this little like Fisher Price toy piano that's in that's in concert C and it's got like yellow and green and blue and red buttons, mm -hmm. you know, and goes ding ding ding, whatever. Yeah. And um, he actually played it on a song, which was fun that's on awesome. the record. Uh, because he was like, Oh no, I'm hearing this thing, man. Let's do this. I was like, oh, perfect. That's what we needed. We we needed a Fisher Price toy piano. Got it. That was that was the that was the the layer that was missing. And uh so i mean that was fun and then we recorded the whole thing and uh i was like man we need some more emphasis on the downbeats because like that song is very much about the fucking march you know what i'm saying sure uh because then you get to structure because it's it's a vibe right and so you got to right. put if you're going to have an experience you need some structure around that experience so that you don't have to think too much about what's going on that way like a lot of times like it was very difficult to mix that song because it was hard to keep your head like on straight as you listen to the whole like five and a half six minutes of the tune 
because yeah. like you get lost in it right and that was but by in design. the best way possible like it has this very like fuzzy psychedelic kind of like and I, I get what you're saying by like you do get lost in it but like you're yeah. not lost like confused you're lost like you're in it yeah exactly right. so because there's such a good structure there you don't need to pay attention like some folks like you know, and there's nothing wrong with them, but you know, you've got the the rush of the world where like you appreciate it. you got your abacus out, right? And like you're fucking sure. doing math and stuff, carry the five, like, oh, I get it, that's smart, cool, all this stuff. And, and like, I mean, hey, look, math there's a place rock. for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hey, look, man, like I'm yeah, uh, yeah. that shit is they sold millions of records. They're the official band of Canada and like <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not but like I'm not that clever. Like we're not that we're not that good. Um that yeah so but what we did was in this tune was very much putting that structure in right and so you put in that structure then it allows you if you don't have to worry about the guardrails like if you have guardrails and a safety belt and like there's nobody else on the road and like there's airbags like you can kind of just like put your foot on the gas and close your eyes and let go you know what i'm saying I, I gotta say something. That's why I appreciate long form songs so much more than like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the little two, three minute jams that sure. are like these like equations or algorithms that you're sure. like verse, chorus, verse, but like something that actually goes off and like transcends into something and in like a five to six minute thing and doesn't hold back the musicians from actually showing off their talents. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's the type of music even like, you know, 10 minute jams or whatever. Like people talk sure. shit on jam bands all the time, sure. but they're just letting loose, having fun. Like if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and whether you want to equate that to jam bands or like you listen to Miles Davis Bitches Brew, like there's this one. Yeah. Right. Obviously it doesn't have to be like fish or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's these, there's these refrains that you kind of come back to. There's a little structure, there's little things. And I mean, jazz records are going like that. Like one of my favorite records is, is Frederick Gulda live at Birdland. And it's like the opening of Charlie Parker's club. And it's this like German piano player, like kid prodigy. And and I found that like the dollar band. And it's one of like my favorite records to listen to. Cause like, you can hear the fucking like waiters taking (laughs) this dude just fucking slaying. Authentic. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. Like it's, it's, it's so good. And, uh, but so like on, on, on the garden, like having that structure in place really allows there to be more of this ability to kind of get lost. And so when you have really fuzzy guitars, part of the problem is you lose some of the transients, right? Like you lose like where the guardrails are. So one of the things that we did was uh, Rick started, uh, I was like, man, you know, one of my favorite things that really does this is like, and I started going off into some esoteric thing. And I was like, hey, never mind, dude. Like, you know the Stooges, man? And he's like, yeah, I know the Stooges. Like, I've, I've heard of Iggy Pop. I'm like, yeah, right. well, we're in a punk band. Of course you have. But like, <laughs> you there's a lot have. of stuff in Iggy Pop where like, they'll have just uh, somebody on a piano basically like playing like um, or, uh, octaves, right? Just dri- driving home the key yeah. of the song where the person's literally just doing this, bum, 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 for like two minutes, whatever. And so he started, he laid into just dropping that inside of it. So in there is a layer of this piano kind of going in on the beat and, and allowing the drummer to play the off because you're getting percussion from the sound of a piano coming in, driving home the key of the song. So even as the guitar solo is going all over the place, you still have these guardrails. And so there's all these really organic ways of using musical elements to uh, put this structure to it so that you can kind of lose yourself in it. Right. And then some of the other stuff that I love is, is 
I mean, there have been a lot of really great records recorded in that room and on that equipment. And there's one spot where like, it's getting really fucking quiet, right? Like, it's getting really, really down, right? And there's a little bit of that, like, you know, a little bit softer now, a little bit softer. I know we get like way down sure, sure, sure. Like, on the floor and stuff. And uh, there's one spot where there's just like this little drum fill. And I was like, holy shit, that is, God is in the radio from, from Rated <laughs> R. I know that like spot. And it was straight up just this little shuffle on the drum but the only place you're going to hear that shuffle on that drum is out of those microphones in that room when it's dark and the wind is moving at three and a quarter, you know, miles per hour to the West. And, you know, like, and the sun right. is at like, like, that's the only way that you're going to accomplish <laughs> that thing. And man, we captured it. And it was just like, Oh, Oh, I know that thing. That's cool. That's uh, awesome. And, and there's some other spots in there that you can hear some of the other records that were recorded in that room. Like there's a little bit of Gardenia by Gebekaius in there where you can hear mm -hmm. these other elements going on because they're just basically, it's like a jazz record. You know, you're kind of going back and forth. And right. there's there's a bit of Arctic Monkeys where you can hear in there too, um, especially in like where the, how the vocals are layered. Yeah. Um, because it's just the sound of your voice coming off of like the, the glass door and, and like the, the brick. You know what I mean? It's like, just the perfect setting for it. It's, it seems like. it's what makes it sound like that. And yeah. honestly, we went to that studio to, to because I really love those sounds, right? And like I've listened yeah. to those records hundreds or thousands of times. And it was this really great way of almost paying homage to like what brought us to that joint. And I mean, the recording as you hear it is like the second take of us doing it. The first time I, I think- uh, Right, I was gonna I, like, ask how many demos. Yeah, I, I like lost count somewhere in something and just started cracking up because I was like, I, I, this is like, I lost where I was for a moment and then uh -huh. just started laughing hysterically and we had to stop. And, uh, and then like I got my shit together and went back in and did it a second time. And, and that's unedited, uncut. And the only thing that we did is I went back on top of it and recorded some, you know, solo or some other little parts. Sure. You know, we, we recorded the piano after the fact. You know what I mean? Little yeah. stuff like that. Um, but it is very much just like that's what we that's what the band sounds like in that room at that time, you know, when it's like yeah. 65 degrees outside with a little light wind out of the southwest, and you know, there's a little dirt devil <laughs> going around hundred feet away, and the moon is out, but not so much that the wolves are howling, but enough that like you can see that something's going on. Oh yeah. And uh like that's that's what it sounds like, and 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 that authenticity I think is so so incredibly valuable to the experience because if you cater the experience so it doesn't sound like people, mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult I think in rock and roll to really let yourself go in that way, and, and not to say that it's wrong to really structure things like so you know like I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of electronic stuff and like jungle like there's no way that a live band is going to pull off all of that stuff in the same way but they're putting together those things in a different element you know um i've seen them they're pretty good but it's uh it's definitely a different experience than the recorded version because like sure. how could you possibly ever yeah you're just that? not going to be able to no right? no no like, no, no. And don't don't get me wrong, I've absolutely been on far too many illegal substances at the front row of like Ultra in like a tent at like two o'clock right. in the morning, listening to like Dara and Planet as the drums <laughs> drop hundred exactly. BPM But shit at that point, space. you're just like, I don't yeah. care about yeah. anything. <laughs> and, I, and I'm off in some like space and it's great. Relate. And that's obviously relate. a more manufactured sound, but 
Sure. The vibe of, of what you're doing is still, you're providing a structure to allow the person yeah. experiencing it to have their own experience. And then like a lot of it being that live thing, like uh, having that experience, like this is, was a, this was our closer live for a long time. Got it. Got and so it. this ended up being, we ended up adding another closer on top of this because generally by the end of this song live i've thrown the guitar across the room i'm dragging it between people i'm off the stage moshing with folks like doing guitar solos i'm like hanging off the ceiling like it's fun you know what i mean it sounds like the song is longer live than it is like it's an experience if you're closing out a show with it yeah i mean and mind you i mean we're a punk band with like the average song is about two and a quarter minutes long and then here's this like six minute piece but yeah, that's what like it's great. You know, and, and it's like, because there's a time and a place you're building up to something, right? Yeah. And, and part of that also, we ended the set with it a lot because it's also this like mantra, right? It, it also yeah. pulls into this like raga element, right? This like over and over m- m- thing. So that like, I mean, we pound that riff into your head. And and my goal is that you wake up the next morning and it's still in their brain, your brain. And like, you're doing this like walk of shame home from whoever's house you ended up at. And like, you have a smile on your face. That means we did a good job, you know? That's what the Dirty Cakes experience is all about, right? I mean, there. hopefully, right? Sell booze, get people laid, have a good time. And, and like, yeah, I feel like that's kind of your job, you know. And, and so, it is. Part of it the is trick your of job. Like, part of the trick of right. I mean, you're an entertainer. Like, look, if you come out to a show, understand that like, the band is competing with like Pornhub, Netflix, <laughs> you know, DoorDash. Yeah. Like, you put on pants. You had to go out and deal with people. Oh, you got to stand. You had to stand yeah, you gotta, for like, hours. So, I, so much. I so much. And so like, you better, it better work. Like you better pay it off. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like I love performers that put on shows. Like if you ever go yeah. to like a hamburger Mary's or like, you know, if you go to drag brunch or something like those sure. people put on a show, yeah. they are working. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's why you enjoy it. You don't even have to even dig what's going on. I mean, it's fucking bingo. Who I've never enjoyed bingo, but you go to a drag exactly. bingo show and like, holy shit, this is a good time. I still, yeah. like, I still have yet to like cash in my, I won one time like 40 years ago and I still have like eight tickets to paintball that I haven't done, but there's no expiration date on the ticket. So I got to take <gasps> oh, them up geez. on But so like, there's a lot of this stuff that's going on, right. you know? And, and so I think part of the live show is that you get to have that experience. Now part of the issue that when I'm recording is like, you have to carry over that experience, right? And, and there's a lot of stuff, like I've never seen the doors live, mainly because Jim died like in a couple decades, too early for me to catch. But then you see like the live footage or you see like a live record. Like one of the things that captured my imagination ever since I was a kid was like, uh, they have some live shows of their song, The End, right? And he's pulling out like the church bells and shit. And he's like, bring out your dead and all sorts yeah. of shit. And like, you can tell that if you were at that show, you are no longer like in that room next to the person wherever you come with. You are no. like just at, you are experiencing something, right? You've risen, I get and, 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 it. Yeah. And some of that, like, mon- that some of that, like, some of that thing that takes you out of where you are, I think is what I love so yeah. much. And even, like, if you go to a movie, like, I hate watching movies or TV shows where, like, it's got their same, like, recycled 14 people from CBS television. Like, <laughs> I immediately know that I'm watching a show. Exactly. Right? Like, I don't care how good Criminal Minds is. It's got Joe Montana <laughs> and it's Greg from Dharma and Greg, and I can't ever sure. take him seriously. Like, 
but like when you go to a show, man, like that is the point of doing something. I think a really good venue sets up the experience. Yeah. And I think a really good band puts you in that space. Like, and I, I know a lot of really good bands that do it. Like the Melvins, when you see them live, I still don't know most of the words to most of the songs and I don't think it fucking matters. And no, but it's the experience. It, it's yeah. the vibe. It's the energy more than anything. Yeah, like I've seen them play with two drummers. I've seen them play with two bass players. Like yeah, I've seen that's... them do like all sorts of crazy stuff. Right. And, and like also another really good band is Plague Vendor. Like mm. I know a lot of the songs and some of the songs they don't, but they do a really good job of like taking you on journey through things you know and jack white is phenomenal at that you know uh yeah. and, there, and neil young is, is really good at that kind of stuff too so you you, you don't look, look down your watch like oh wow it's been wow this song's still on like there's not that vibe right. so part of the difficulty in the recording of it is to really capture that energy you know so that like mm -hmm. how do you transfer what is effectively a live experience into a recorded piece and I feel like a lot of folks make the mistake of just trying to replicate that experience. And I'll be honest, like we made a very specific and deliberate effort to just say like, we're going to get lost in this and you're going to hear us do that. Yeah. And we decided to make what was most authentically us in that room at that time, in that space with those people on that day. We could have recorded it 20 more times and they all may have been exactly. better or worse, but they all would have effectively just been different versions of that journey. Right. And like the reason it's that long is because that felt right. Like we were literally in a room and it was like this kind of like wink and nod and little head nod and tap and like, you know, the pulling of the ear and the crossing of the nose, like all of that stuff, right? Exactly. Incredible net comes out and just like, you know, and like, okay, mom says we're good to go. All right, awesome. And then like, like that's where it happened. You know, there wasn't a structure of like on a sheet of paper. Okay, it's like four plus three. And, no. and, and that's fine. Cause you live that's it. always been happening like four it. twice as long. Exactly. So the obvious question here is, when are you guys getting on the road? All this talk of live shows, things are getting yeah. scheduled. I mean, yeah. Let's go. Uh, you know, I mean, our last live shows at the Satellite, you know, formerly Spaceland, we were the last band to play there oh, um, before it shut down. Um, and uh, I mean, we are definitely in the talks right now of what that's going to look like. Right. Um, and also, you know, this single is coming off of a record and... Um, We've decided that, uh, you know, I had this fun thing, like I go and go back to the Stooges. They have a record where the title track of the album is on the next, is, is, is on the next record. And oh, I always I just thought that, that was, that is that was so funny. Cool. Um, so like, yeah, I, I always thought that that stuff was, 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 was really fun. I, I think it's a fun house. Maybe is the, is the album. Because I think Funhouse is on the the Stooges like first record, but there's also an album called Funhouse. I, I was gonna do a cool. quick Google, but I might be wrong. Anyway, um, but I always thought it was fun. So we we're gonna call the song. We we're gonna call the album uh, "Watch It Burn," uh, which is another one of our like bigger like structural sure. uh, live in our live set. We basically had like three big songs and a bunch of smaller ones, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then we didn't actually have a recording of it. And I was like, you know what? Like now that we have some time, let's let's just actually put everything we have here so that we can spend this next time um, writing the next album. Basically, what is the next version of the truth yeah. for us? Because, you know, part of what happened with, with COVID and whatnot is, is the shutting down of things. And that record is 100% who we were and in, in, in the situation we were in at the time that we were 
working three, four nights a week, record, making shows and making records and doing gigs. Like it is a, it is a very high fidelity uh, capturing of the experience of the band in that moment. Um, yeah. And so I feel like we are really debating on whether or not we tour to support it or we work on putting ourselves out where basically we go play shows with like one or two of those, but we force ourselves to have to be compelling again, starting over. Okay. Um, and I feel like we'll probably play the clubs that we play all the time, we'll be doing work. And the clubs that we don't play all the time, we'll play the stuff. Um, but I, I, you know, I have a lot of friends in stand-up comedy and, and um, there's some lessons from some of the old greats. And I heard this, you know, thing from Mitch Hedberg and, and a lot of other folks. And basically like every gig was warming up for the album or for the record. And sure. then when they work locally, like if you go to the comedy store on any given night, you're not going to see comedy like you're used to seeing on a half an hour special because they're working. No, they're you're seeing the, together. you're seeing the tests. Yeah. Sometimes you're seeing like the, the deep stuff that like, oh, yeah. may or may not make the special. Oh, 100%. Which is great. Yeah. I love it. Like, like I used to be for a short period of time, I was a regular at the comedy store. Nice. Um, I got put on by Tommy for, for a few months um, before the band really started. And it was just like, well, I'm in LA. I was a funny guy on the radio. I carried a little bit of stuff with me from when I was on satellite. But then there's like this Hulk Hogan sex tape and the radio station went under <laughs> and I had to go across the country and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I was there, but I mean, I, I love going out and seeing the people with like the, uh, like they bring their notebook and they're like, all right, oh, that didn't work. All right, check it off. And they're just basically running material to eventually try to work through. Totally. And so I feel like I want to do that same thing because I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to lose the, the, the uh, honesty and the integrity of being who we are in that moment. Yeah. And if we have different people in the room, different people on stage, different, you know, whatever it happens to be, especially now that we have we've lived some life and have different stories to tell, maybe our, who we are as people has evolved a little bit, like our daily, what, what gives us fear and joy on a daily basis may have changed since it was, you know, in a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Exactly. Uh, I feel like we do owe it to ourselves and to the people that enjoy what we're doing to really work around crafting that. Now for the folks that haven't seen this before, or like the first few times we go out, we'll probably do this, just like smash these hits. Yeah. Um, oh, you got to warm up and like, yeah, you, know, get you, know, you gotta, together. you gotta loosen the muscle. You gotta, of course. There's a little bit of a safety net of going out and smashing the 25 minutes that, you know, you can just crush on day one. Right. And give everybody that experience once or twice. And then from there, it is like very much, we'll be pulling like Tuesday night, 8 p.m. shows, one o'clock on a Thursday. For the sure. sole purpose of like, if we are here for only the other bands and their girlfriends and like the, you know, the people that have yet to close out the tab that have like clearly overstayed their welcome in the restaurant because we're about to like really upset somebody. Like, can we get those people to stick around? And the first, in, in the recordings that you hear, the, the first song that you heard in, in Garden and all of those, those were originally developed in those environments. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of live bands and a lot of the stuff that really stands the test of time, I think is created in those spaces. 
there is a, ultimately a point where you don't have that luxury and some yeah. people don't write well in that case but i'm a big fan of like writing in a way where like you eat shit on stage constantly until you figure out like how to make it work and there's a lot of stuff like i see so many bands go out on stage and force material that they like sure the problem is if i don't give a shit who cares <laughs> i mean that i'm is, saying the royal we but like right right you know me and the driver you know like yeah yeah, yeah. If, if 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 the crowd doesn't care then why you know and i see so many people playing 10 15 20 minutes longer than they should just busting through material that they think that they like and the honest truth is i didn't pay money to see you enjoy yourself i paid money because this is a show sure. this is I, I i genuinely look at i'm going to pay a cover charge to have an experience and have a good time or whatever it happens to be. For me personally, I want to go to a show to see something that I'm, in, I'm going to enjoy. And the first job on that stage is to provide that. And like, I've gone to shows where people were very cognizant of that responsibility and didn't deliver. And I feel like that's maybe why it sticks out. Like I went and saw Tool once and I probably, the t I mean, I didn't pay for the tickets because I was a radio DJ and I got them for free, but like they were like a hundred bucks a pop. Oh yeah, those aren't cheap tickets. And, and Maynard is on stage just basically talking shit about the audience. And it's oh. just like, well, fuck you, dude. Yeah, that's... Like, I don't have to be here. Right. But, you know, like, I'm just going to go home. You know, and I, I, I don't remember a damn thing about that show other than the stage other setup and him talking shit. And, and like... That's, yeah. I know that's an extreme version of things, but if I'm on stage, if, if you have taken the time to leave your house and put on pants and deal with people and parking and like the world, the least I can do is treat you with the respect of trying to give you an experience that you're going to remember. One way or the exactly. other, you come away with an experience and a story and like, whether that means like we're bringing a pinata to this day, like our last <laughs> show, we brought this giant Trump pinata. Awesome. We filled it with like condoms and chocolates and shit. And, Lovely. And, shit. and like we set the thing, you know, like that's a show, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's five bucks well spent. Um, and, and, and not that we can lean on shtick the whole time because the music has to back it up. But right. I think what this, what, what In the Garden did as I think it was a really great interpretation of that element of the live show where we got you on our side, you picked, you know, there's a little bit of a struggle and everything. And then it ends with us just together on this journey. So that when we come out one way or the other, like it is this collective that you we feel, you feel the connection at the end. For yeah. Sure. You feel a connection. And I don't know if you've ever been in a mosh pit with people, but like, you kind That's of like the ultimate like, connection, at the end of it, like, you know, there's oh, like yeah. this, and if you can end the show where half the band is in the mosh pit. Right. Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. And like, like I would genuinely jump into this, into the crowd, guitar in hand, doing the guitar solos, doing all sorts of stuff, take it off, swing it around, yeah. throw it across the room, drag the cable, scrape it across the floor with all the fuzz and delays going nuts. And, you know, the drummer, like just soloing the bass player, laughing at me and like people, you know, somebody just hitting there. Totally. Like, yeah, man, I might look like this uh, this clean cut guy on the other side of this uh, <laughs> video, but I've been known to get in a mosh pit or two. There you go. So, there you go. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It's really all about togetherness and helping someone out. I'm not into the show where people are like elbowing and punching, sure, like to like hurt people because that's just yeah. screwed up. But, but yeah, if you're motivated. 
Well, yeah, you know, but if someone falls, help them back up. If you know, Absolutely. if someone loses a shoe, grab their shoe. Yeah, the guy with the like, glasses. Everybody always has a pair of glasses that gets lost in, in yeah. a circle. And like, right. you know, like, okay, wait, let's get him. Okay, well, here's exactly. your thing. Cool. Like, like, that's right, cool. And then like. you come them back over. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. And there's a right and a wrong way. Yeah, think. absolutely. And so if you can kind of, we would really make a point of trying to bring that energy. And yeah. I feel like all of this, like fun reminiscing that we're talking about for me when i listen to it it is sort of some of the things that i go back to and a lot of the fun that i see right and then there's also you know i mean there's limited lyrical content but it touches on the the cornerstones of rock and roll you know there's some drug addiction there's some like your parents lying to you there's some sinning and and, you know uh fornication and whatnot that goes into it all the good staples basically uh, there's nothing about a hot rod, but like, you know, don't let me tell you that uh, something isn't about, you know, some like nice little, you know, 1967 Thunderbird. It might very well be for you, right. but, uh, you know, I mean, in the garden is very much uh, uh, lyrically speaking. It is talking about the temptation of of of, of the serpent and, and all of that. Right. Um and there's like a, a hard lift notion. There's there's a uh, there's a reference to a Nirvana cut, which I if anybody ever comes up to me at a show and gets that reference, I will flat out just like offer them everything off my back. Just like you got the reference. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's just like this, it is a very much this hodgepodge of just experience in a way that is collated into something that feels very organic and very real. And my hope is that every person gets to experience it in their own way. And that to them, it's meaningful enough that they enjoy it and they just have to tell a friend. Like, I love it. That's, it, that's the thing, because if it means something to you so much that you want to share it, then we're building this togetherness and this vibe totally. of like the us versus them can totally work. If there's, you know, what, what's the other thing? They got the guns, but we got the numbers, all, all that right. kind of stuff like there's an element of all that yeah, kind man. of piece to it. And I feel like for lack of a better word, not to try, to try to sound like I'm smelling my own farts too much. I hope that like this song, it just other people at least, at least gives them the opportunity to embrace a piece of that. I and, think it will. I really do think it will. And yeah, man, I just got to say, like, I know, you know, shows are on the way, but definitely hit me up when you got something planned. I'll bring some <laughs> friends and we'll have a good night for sure. Oh. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Don't you Please worry. Do. You, um, yeah, blast it out. Be on there. the short list I want to know. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Charles, I'm going to start wrapping things up here because I've taken way too much of your time. But oh, thank I you very much. sincerely appreciate you coming back on. I love the song. Everyone else is, is going to love the song. For lovers of punk, rock, psych, any, any, subgenre of rock like this is for you so i thank you again i I thank you again and i can't wait you know for like the full record to come out whenever that might be so thank you very much yeah you know uh we got one or two more singles there's a music video coming out for a different song in the next couple of weeks we're gonna have a video for this and the idea is just like can we just let everybody enjoy what the hell is going on and bring some smiles to some people's faces? Cause Lord knows the world needs it. So badly. 
you're putting smiles on you're putting smiles on my face so well, there we go counts you know, for anything i know you only got one mouth but if we can get five smiles out of it that's good economics as far as i'm concerned i got friends that like music so we'll we'll be there we'll be I like there it. i like it all right man have a good rest of your night and we'll talk soon take care will, and thank man. you again thank you very much i appreciate yeah, it man. i'll talk to you later later bye